Thanks for joining me here on the Bare Bones Yoga Podcast, Conversations for Yoga Teachers. My name is Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm a yoga teacher and educator, and my goal here is to provide you, the yoga teacher, with interesting, compelling content designed to pique your interest in teaching, help you grow as a teacher, and support you on your path to sharing this wonderful practice with your students. I've been teaching for over 14 years, and through my classes, workshops, online courses, books, and other content, I focus on the anatomy of yoga and how teachers can learn this complex subject and present it to their students in an understandable way, all designed to help them bring more impact to their teaching. Even though we're not in the same room, I want you to envision for each episode that we've sat down for tea in a cozy coffee shop. Some days we'll talk about technical teaching topics. Some days we might have a teacher friend join in on the conversation. And other days we'll face some of the personal challenges that can come up when we take on the journey of a yoga teacher, knowing that the more authentic we can be, the more we can impact others. For more information about my products and programs and to contact me at any time, please visit my website at barebonesyoga.com. Let's get into today's episode. All right. So, hi, everybody. Welcome to the Bare Bones Yoga Podcast, Conversations for Yoga Teachers. My name is Karen Fabian, and I am your host, and this is episode 13. And today, we're going to be talking to one of my colleagues in the yoga industry, Megan Donahue, and we're going to be doing what I'm going to call a teacher spotlight. And this is going to be an opportunity for Megan and I to have a conversation about different teaching topics and to really use this conversation as a way to get some thoughts out there, to get some information kind of going between us that I think will be um, common experiences or at least just fodder for thought for teachers out there. Megan and I were talking before um, we started the podcast about how sometimes teachers are just kind of ships passing in the night and we don't oftentimes get a chance to sit down and talk to each other about what's happening in our teaching, what are some of the challenges we're having, what kind of directions do we want to take our teaching from maybe a business perspective. So I, I kind of jotted down a whole bunch of questions for Megan to get some of this conversation going. And we're going to have this, of course, here on the podcast, so you can hear it. And then maybe as you're listening, you're going to have some of your own thoughts about the questions, uh, the answers you might have to some of these questions, or maybe just some feedback for us uh, in terms of what you hear. So I want to kind of dive right in. Um, sometimes I write a little intro introducing my guest, but I wanted to leave that open so that we could start with that as the conversation. So the first thing I want to say is welcome to Megan Donahue. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Karen. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Now, um, I just want to, for our listeners, just give um, them a sense. So I am here in Boston and you are here in Boston. I am here in Boston. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I think I can probably look out my window and you're in the back bay. So I can, yes. think I can see you yes. <laughs> from my apartment. Yeah. So we're close. So yeah. So for our listeners, um, especially those that are not in Boston, Megan and I both teach at a studio here in Boston called Health Yoga Life. And we've both taught there for some time. So let's just kind of use that as a springboard for you to just tell 
tell me a little bit about yourself and your teaching. Let's start at the beginning. Why, why you got into <laughs> yoga in the first place? Yeah, well, um, I think yoga and um, more of holistic health and uh, a lot of things that are kind of in this space have been a part of my life for a long time. Um, my mother, my grandmother um, were very much into meditation. Uh, again, that holistic homeopathic um, medicine and treatment approach. So it, it, it was never very much a foreign concept for me. Yeah. Um, but starting to actually practice yoga didn't really start until I was maybe college years. Uh -huh. um, so my idea or my experience with, I guess, fitness or exercise was more, I suppose, the traditional, um, I played volleyball in high school and ran and things of that nature. Um, but what, when I was in college, I really started to practice yoga. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe not so consistently, but it was definitely something that was um, starting to pop up a little bit more for me. Um, and years later, I moved back to Boston. I had been, you know, I lived in New York and Georgia and then came back to Boston. And at that time, it kind of started to speak to me a little bit more. Right. So I knew that I a, wanted to practice more. And this is just something that's helping me kind of, I always like to say yoga kind of helps me keep the crazy at bay. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was, that was kind of the driver for me is, okay, well, I've been involved in fitness and athletics my whole life. I have taught other fitness classes ah. in other locations. And I just thought this was a natural type of, I guess, progression in that aspect of life. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I decided to pursue or look into teacher training. Mm -hmm. And actually, before I moved back to Boston, I had um, almost started a teacher training program when I was living in Georgia. Mm -hmm. uh, and then just for, you know, several reasons, it just didn't turn out to be the right time. And I knew that this was something that this was going to be a little deeper than other certifications or other avenues that, you know, I kind of pursued. So I wanted to make sure I was in the right space or as close to the right space. I don't know if you're ever in a right space, but um, um, yeah, you know, to, to really dive into this and give it the commitment that it needed. Right. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I kind of fell into yoga teacher training. And when I um, moved back to Boston, I lived close to the Health Yoga Life studio. And just the vibe there, it really kind of solidified that that was the place I was going to do it. Got it really kind of jived with my idea of what I thought yoga should be and what I wanted to get out of it and what I wanted to give back. So that's, that's mm -hmm. kind of how you and I cross paths. Is that's right. Studio. That's right. Mm -hmm. now what about teaching yoga is interesting to you? I think there, there's so much that's Especially because you've taught other kinds yeah, of Yeah, yeah. And I think it is, um, if I had to say one thing, I think it would be kind of the vulnerability mm. or the, the layers that are involved in teaching and taking yoga. It's, mm. it, it's um, it, it, and I don't even, it's more of a, you're going to expose yourself a little bit more as a teacher, and it's, as a teacher, I think. Yeah. yeah. As a teacher. Huh. And it's not necessarily, um, kind of having that almost fourth wall of a microphone or loud music or oh. hype and let's go, let's go. And yeah. um, it's, it's a bit more intimate. I think that's the word. It's more yeah. intimate. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, that's kind of, I never, 
I mean, I guess I never thought of that idea of the vulnerability and the exposing. And do you think in some ways that that is a little terrifying too? Oh yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And I think, um, you know, I, you've spoken to this a couple of times in a couple of other episodes is that, that fear that I think a yeah. lot of yoga teachers, especially new yoga teachers yeah. um, can have is getting out there and kind of putting yourself out on the spot and, Yoga has, um, I guess, that multi-layer approach is that you don't know exactly who you're going to encounter in your classes, whether they are very experienced or pretty new themselves. Yeah. And almost having that fear of like, oh, well, so-and-so is going to, they're, they're going to know I'm, I'm new or I'm not as, you know, I can't do a handstand either. Like we were talking, you know, like certain things I can't do and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look like a poser. Basically, right. so um, I think that initial that initial kind of fear is there, mm-hmm. um, and I'll say I think even as an experienced or more experienced teacher, it doesn't really go away. Right. Uh, right. That there's always that level of oof, but yeah. I think that's something that you grow into. Maybe not necessarily out of completely, but you learn how to kind of manage it and understand it's not a negative thing. Right. Right. I mean, I think of it too, kind of when people talk about some level of stress keeps mm-hmm. you focused. So I, right. I hear what you're saying and I totally still experience that feeling of nerves. Mm-hmm. Although I feel like if I didn't have that, I would be just blase and right. not involved. Yeah, you'd go through the motions and then you wouldn't necessarily bring the awareness or the attention that you need to your, your students. Right, right. Yeah. Now, tell us a little bit more about your schedule, because I know from past conversations, you're teaching and working full-time, which is a full play. I have done that for years. So tell us what that's like for you. And was that your intention when you went through teacher training? Did you know you wanted to teach when you went into training? Yeah. Um, So I knew knew that I was going to teach at some capacity. Um, I kind of had the idea that I was not necessarily going to give up my, um, my career path as it was at the time. Right. I knew that was something that I wanted to bring in. Um, and I guess when I was going through, you know, you kind of get excited about it when you go through teacher training and you do reassess and there's a lot of growth and a lot of transformation that happens in a teacher training and it brings up possibilities and it brings up ideas and I've seen it happen, um, in so many different kind of, I guess, manifestations, folks will go through a yoga teacher training and maybe they'll, they'll totally do, um, you know, a 180 in, in life, whatever it is, career-wise, whatever it is. Um, and that's, that's awesome. Yeah, I think you just find a lot of, you know, what's working for you and what's not working for you and go for that. But for me, um, as far as the kind of working full time and teaching, I have chosen to keep my full time job. I and really, you, I really you, so I, I do resource management and planning for a biotech in okay. the area. So okay. while I'm not necessarily in the research or science, I'm very much involved in the industry and making sure that our projects are if, um, resourced appropriately so we can work and create the science and bring the medicine to people who need it. So that's exciting for me. Yeah. yeah. Um, so while, while I'm in that world, I also want to bring wellness and mindfulness to people in, in a different capacity. 
Right. And kind of going back to why I started teaching is that, um, you know, I'll, I'll admit it, I'm a type A, I'm Virgo, I'm very much on the go, I work full time, I teach yoga, I'm um, pursuing another degree. So this helps me. And I was very confident that it could help other people too. There's a lot of us out there, especially in this area, in the greater Boston area, um, that kind of need a pause. Right. So that is, that is where I wanted to really direct my efforts Mm -hmm. is this group, particularly the, um, the working professionals who really put this kind of on the back burner. Right. To bring this more up to the front and knowing that if, if it is brought into the mix then they'll likely be, you know, much more successful, much more calm right. <laughs> and maybe enjoy it a bit more. Right. Right. Um, so you're kind of in a way living what you try to teach your students. Exactly. Yeah. Balance, even though you have a lot on your plate mm-hmm. and yoga is a tool. Yeah, absolutely. It's, wow. it's just a tool. It's, you know, it's, it's simply a tool. And I think that's really what, um, I try to gear my class or the mood or the vibe to is that, you know, there's no pressure. There's no expectation. We have a lot of expectations in life on the day to day. So here, why don't we just get together? Let's stretch. Let's breathe. Let's laugh a little. Take yourself a little less seriously. Um, And, you know, sometimes that's even just a reminder to myself. as I'm teaching like sometimes when you're teaching I can say I feel like I am saying things to me yeah absolutely it's like oh actually in my head I need to hear that too I hope somebody else out there can relate to it because I know I can relate to it and that you know in those moments is when I feel the vulnerability you talked before is that you have that thought in your head and you have that moment of pause where you're like, am I really going to say this? Yeah. Oh, here it is. <laughs> it's just like, okay, I'm saying it. It's kind of out there like the thought bubble, like the cartoon bubble. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, nobody is saying anything because it's a yoga class. You right. kind of wish somebody could at least say something back. So right, you're just right. kind of like the comedian giving... <laughs> You know, just telling jokes to exactly when no one is allowed to make any. You know. So I think that I I can relate to that, but I think that that's a great um, I don't want to say mission, but a great kind of passion to have is to yeah. really live what you're doing and bring those philosophies into your into your teaching. And I think that is that's really important to kind of create your own as you know as a teacher and kind of finding your voice. Um, or finding almost who you are as a teacher is just mm-hmm. what's speaking to you, right? What do you need almost? And then there's going to be people that are going to identify with it. Um, you know, some other students may find another teacher. And I know you've spoken to this a few times as well. Yeah. That they don't have to love you or yeah. they don't all have to like your class, but there's going yeah. to be a few that will. And yeah, it's almost like, oh my gosh, you like me? Really? Like, yeah. <laughs> but as a teacher, it's not like we have to be the teacher for everybody, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that, that's a hard, yeah. Sometimes the hard kind of pill to swallow, maybe. Yeah. Like, they must like me. Why don't they like me? What right. Be better, but right. You exactly. got to do you, you know? I think sometimes it's less to do with the person and more to do with me. I mean, I think it depends on the studio. If there's a studio where there's a lot of different teachers that teach different ways, right. you know, some studios are like that where they have everything from only restorative teachers mm-hmm. to vinyasa to ashtanga, mm-hmm. you know, so then it could be just, Hey, I don't like that style, but I know what you mean when, when you're in a studio where the classes are similar, yeah. then as a teacher, you can start to think, Oh, is it me? 
Right. Um, and uh, yeah, and it is hard not to take that kind of thing personally. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about when you were graduating from teacher training. So how many years was that ago? Uh, four. Okay. So a while. Yeah. Yeah. So how did your transition go from when you graduated to when you started teaching? How did you find that shift? Yeah. You know, so, um, I mentioned that when I was in teacher training, I thought I was, you know, just going to finish teacher training, graduate, set up my website, be good to go, have this whole social media presence and then just, you know, become this, I don't know, yoga great influencer, but that didn't happen. (laughs) It actually took, um, it was kind of the opposite. It took a while to um, get back into teaching. Right. Um, At the time that I graduated, I just happened to switch, switch jobs and switch companies. So that kind of had to take precedence for a while yep. and take some more of my attention and just kind of learn the role and learn the company and, you know, just what I was doing. Um, but I think when I got more settled and more comfortable in that space, then I started a coming back to yoga. I start, you know, I think sometimes even as teachers, we go through lulls in practice too. Yeah. Right? So we'll either if we teach a lot or we practice a lot or it kind of goes hand in hand sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had, I had almost like a little lull in yoga in, in all aspects of my life. So coming back, um, it was maybe about a year or so. And I was like, okay, I think I'm ready now. I'm ready to kind of get back into this and give it some more attention. And yeah. um, then, you know, once, when I made that decision, I had picked up two courses or two classes at Health Yoga Life. And then I was kind of off and running. Yeah. So how, especially because you had taken that break from Mm -hmm. teacher training, how was that? When do you remember kind of your first couple months of teaching? I do. I do. So vividly. I was like, what am I doing? I can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even remember where to put the foot. Yeah. So so some of the mechanics felt Yeah. 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 And I think um, for me, uh, personally, sometimes that fear, that kind of uncertainty is enough to make me avoid it altogether. And I think it comes from that kind of like perfectionist. I got it. I have to be good and I have to make sure it's perfect. Right. Like me. Um, But when I, you know, kind of talked myself out of that, and I was like, you're not going to be perfect, Megan. Um, you just got to get out there and just start doing it. And yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Yeah. And, you know, there, there is a learning curve. And um, whether you like it or not, sometimes you just have to go through that learning curve and whatever it is. So that was almost, it was kind of like a little personal um, mission for me yeah. is to get over that, that hesitancy or that fear. Mm-hmm. and just get back into it. But yeah, I mean, in the beginning, it was, it was scary. I was, um, you know, terrified that people were going to see right through me that, you know, oh, I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm too new to this. Um, maybe some people did. I don't know, probably. Yeah. But they yeah. still took a class and they left and you know, they took yoga and some people came back and yeah. So yeah. you had to talk to a newer teacher who's maybe getting ready to mm-hmm. graduate. 
what kind of suggestion or advice would you give them in terms of, do you think based on your experience, it would have been better if you immediately went into teaching? I mean, I know obviously you didn't have a choice because of the, mm -hmm. the job change, but I mean, just given what, what your path was like in those initial, in that initial year or so, what, what would you say to someone who? I would say, um, you you'll be ready when you're ready and yeah. you can start right away and that's going to be great. Or you can take some time off and let it digest for a minute mm -hmm. and maybe pick it up a little later and that'll be great too. Yeah. Um, with that might come, you know, having to refresh memory or refresh right. kind of that muscle memory and speaking to it um, that right. you still have, I think when you're freshly done or freshly right. graduated, but that comes back. Yeah. You know, it's there and then you just, you know, maybe go to a couple classes and start hearing it and start feeling it in the body again. Um, but I don't, I, I would say there is not one right way to do it or there's not yeah. one better way. It's going to work for you as a, a new teacher. Yeah. You know, and I think maybe forcing it is almost more of a detriment than waiting. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So tell me, you know, you've been teaching now for four years, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a yeah. substantial period of time. You've got a lot of experience under your belt. So what kinds of things stand out to you as areas where you want to grow as a teacher? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the cool thing about teaching yoga or one of many is that it's, it's a constant learning process, right? Mm -hmm. And there's, there's just so many layers to peel back and explore and that even though you've finished a 200 training or a 500 hour training or, you know, um, whatever other course that you may do and get a certification, you're never going to stop learning. Right. You're never going to stop kind of tapping into what your, I guess, voice or your personal teaching vibe is. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm really looking forward to and still kind of getting over the need to be perfect right. or need to kind of just nail it every single time um, and just understanding that this is my approach um, this is how I teach and we're going to continue to grow and it's yeah and just I think where I'll I'll continue to learn just uh, on a personal basis is acceptance you know acceptance of who I am as a person and that translates into who I am as a teacher yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting to hear you say that because, you know, I'm, I'm sure if I asked another teacher, they might say something along the lines of maybe some technical learning mm -hmm. that has to do with teaching, but you really are focusing on a personal development theme. I think so. Yeah, man. I, I, I mean, I know so actually in that, I think that personal development um, will translate outward. Yeah, and yeah. you know you can learn and you can study and you can get absolutely the technical aspect right, um, right. and a lot of you know kind of maybe the mechanics of it, but um, really tapping into that authenticity and not using that as kind of a cliche word, but actually, you know, really giving it a lot of thought and say yeah. when I was looking over your question, saying what what is it? What is that growth? And it is you know really accepting. Um, who I am and yeah. kind of just still going on that path of discovery of who I am. And I can say that, you know, even as 35 years old, I'm still yeah. trying to figure it out and be okay yeah, with yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so, so let me just kind of just this, 
go a little bit more into this. So how do you think, and you can kind of speak from your own experience or maybe just in observing other teachers, mm -hmm. right? How do you think it shows up in the studio, in the classroom, when teachers have, you know, that fear or that discomfort with themselves, right? Because we're talking yeah. about kind of personal development themes mm -hmm. as, as themes to work on to kind of push ourselves further versus teaching themes, right? So like technique and, you know, anatomy and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so do you in your own teaching or in observing other teachers, and I'm not saying in a judgy kind of way, right, but right, in, a, in a curious human nature kind of way, yeah. how yeah. do you think that kind of thing shows up? I think, uh, hesitancy maybe like teachers could be a little hesitant you know even myself included in in the early days especially or from having a bad day you know yeah. personally if I'm having a really bad day even you know now four years later I I feel that I won't be good enough because I'm having a bad day ah. you know and then I'm but just kind of embracing that embracing where you are yeah. embracing where you are whether you're new whether you're having a bad day whether you're on top of the world just kind of owning it yeah but not but using it in, in a positive way or kind of putting maybe a positive spin on it and perhaps maybe bringing a theme into the class like mm -hmm. self-acceptance or um, let's not take ourselves too seriously or whatever it might be can really help a teacher I think come back to who they are mm -hmm. and I know this is easier said than done but you see um, it can translate into a confidence or maybe um, voice or something along those lines. And I think personally, I'm a little um, attuned to the voice in, I guess, maybe the presentation as I spent a lot of time in theater and on stage and public speaking. So that is something that I'm very aware of. And I think if nothing else, you fake it till you make it, you know, <laughs> just get up there and speak, speak confidently, speak from the diaphragm, and then you'll get there. You'll almost kind of power pose your way into yeah. nailing yeah. it. <laughs> see that that right there I think brings up an interesting kind of visual just in hearing you describe it this idea of you know if I'm a teacher it doesn't matter how long I've been teaching but let's mm -hmm. say I'm a teacher and I'm in that mental space yeah. where I'm fearful for whatever reason I've had a bad day which could is be anything right yeah I'm like way up in my head yeah. maybe I'll go into the room and I'll teach from the back of the room maybe mm -hmm. I'll be messing around with the controls on the heat the yep. whole time maybe I'll be I don't know so there's a lot of way maybe I won't be projecting like you said speaking from your diaphragm right but you know so that's always interesting to me to think about how you know as a as a teacher, how do these personal challenges we're going through, these like yeah. little things we have going on, how does that manifest itself yeah. and do our students even pick up on that? Right, and I think and that's a really interesting um, point is that I think sometimes that conversation or that element of a teacher, it's not really discussed. Yeah. It's almost as if when we finish our teacher training, we're supposed to be these ethereal <laughs> enlightened beings that nail it and we don't yeah. have bad days because yeah. we have the answers but yeah. you know what like even though we know or we have answers and we have these tools to work through life happens and we're right. human and we have right. bad days and right. we get flustered and we get sad and self-conscious and right. um 
it just kind of being able to work through that and yeah. know that it's okay. It's okay right. to have right. an off days. Yeah. Well, I think, I think too, before about almost using whatever is happening mm -hmm. as a theme, you know, yeah. for your class, like, is there a way not so much to stand there and talk about you personally, but right, exactly. the right. Theme, the common theme that you're experiencing. And is that maybe something to discuss? Yeah. To work into class. Definitely. I think I'm, I mean, personally, I've done that several times. Yeah. You know, um, just, uh, for example, I, I can speak to you a couple weeks ago. Um, uh, man, I was just like, I was annoyed. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was the moon or what, but I was just having a rough day and yeah. I just, the patience was running thin. So I kind of started to weave patience and compassionate, like being patient with yourself, being patient with wherever you are in your yeah. yoga practice. You don't right. have to be in a headstand, you know, you know, right. patience. Um, and then by the end of the class, you know, maybe selfishly, I felt better. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's a cool kind of um, yeah. byproduct of teaching yoga is that, yes, we're absolutely giving this gift outward and we're yeah. helping students and helping people in the class. And that's first and foremost what we're here to do. But we also help ourselves and we also mm -hmm. grow as, you know, as an individual with this teaching practice, which yeah. I think is, it's so, it's so wild when you think about it that- right you know, you can get just as much as you're giving in that right. period. Right. No, it, it is one of the nice side effects, you know, even just cueing them on the breathing and you're getting the breathing. Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that does feel good. <laughs> right. right. Like, reminder to myself. So do you have any thoughts about a situation that stands out in your mind as one where you just really felt your love for teaching? I mean, a scenario where maybe you were like, I really know this is something I was designed to do. I was yeah. Testing. Yeah. I think, um, I think there's several, several, um, instances that it's really kind of reassured me that this is definitely, you know, if, if, uh, even if I'm not doing it full time or not pursuing yeah. it full time, this is definitely still something that, uh, I very much want to be a part of my life. Um, and I think what I love I, more than anything is getting beginners in a class. Yeah. Yeah. And really getting the students that are maybe, you know, like, oh, I can't touch my toes or right. flexible or I, I don't know what I'm doing and I can't and, you know, for whatever, whatever fear they have um, and maybe whatever uh, challenges that they have, maybe they're not brand, brand new, but they just haven't kind of found that like aha moment. Right. So when you see a student get that aha movement, whether it's, you know, just creating a, an environment that they feel safe to kind of explore and that there is truly no pressure and that they don't have to be any particular way or look any particular way. Um, and then cueing something, you know, maybe from um, an anatomy perspective, like they, they didn't have that cue yet. And they're like, oh, and you can just see them light up. Yeah. That's like, oh yeah, this is it. This is why I do this. And just yeah. really start to see that start to click and know that that one little moment, that one aha moment is probably going to bring them back and probably going to set them on a path they're going to take yoga with them for years, you know, for a long time. And that, that's just, that's really awesome. Yeah. No, that's, that's a great description. I mean, certainly saying the cue and seeing mm -hmm. the action and knowing that there's that partnership between yes. you and the student can be really yep. 
powerful. So since you actually just brought up anatomy, I, you know, I mean, that's kind of my area of focus and I love to talk about it and train teachers on anatomy and have conversations about it. Um, how do you feel about anatomy as a subject? I mean, do you use this as the focus of your teaching? Do you weave different themes in? What do you think? About I do. Um, and I know you are the anatomy whisperer and it's <laughs> awesome. And I take a lot of my information from you and from your classes over the past years. And I love it because it, you, you really do make it um, very, very digestible and very yeah. much like, you know, you don't have to be um, a, a, a science major or whatever, have yeah. studied yeah. it to really understand, yeah. appreciate it. So absolutely I do. Um, I like to weave it in mm -hmm. and I do like to kind of, maybe bring in different ways of thinking about it because I think sometimes we hear these cues that we just kind of mindlessly say that maybe we've heard before, but it doesn't really make sense. Right. So what I try to do is when I'm speaking to anatomy, how does it, how has it felt or how does it feel in my body? And maybe right. rather than saying, um, do this, maybe speak to extension or lengthening rather than I, I oh, if anybody really loves this phrase, forgive me, but you know, sticking yourself between two panes of glass, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. look, well, I can't breathe, you know. <laughs> so, you know, rather than like lengthening and bringing some height in with a block and understanding that your every body is different, right? Making it work for you. So, kind of lightly incorporating it in, um, and then kind of observing the class. So, if I'm seeing that maybe some more anatomy-based cues are needed, then bringing it in. In kind in. of reading the audience and seeing what they need. Yep. Yeah. You know, they're responding to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I like that too, because it kind of shows your own thought process around mm -hmm. what you're saying rather than only leaning on maybe things that you've been taught or things that you've heard. Yeah. You know, it comes a what? point I think where you kind of start to break away from that. And certainly mm -hmm. as a newer teacher, that's what you're doing, right? You were trained to cue a certain way and that's probably what you're going to do. And that's great. And I absolutely support that. Go with it and, you know, yeah. stick to what is, is, is proven and, you know, right. what works. Right. Um, but then, uh, yeah, maybe you kind of phrase it in a way that maybe makes sense for you or maybe makes sense for your group of students that right. um, or if you're seeing them respond a little bit differently or making that internal adjustment based on a different way of phrasing it, then right. maybe that works. And right. um, I think there's a lot of room for exploration in that too. While yes, sticking to what is true and what is anatomically right. correct. Right. I'm not saying just go make up something, you know, on a whim, but kind mm. of, you know. Yeah, I think the works. other thing you're saying is to talk, talk to what's happening right in front of you. Yes, versus yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think that's definitely nails it on the head as, um, rather than generically maybe speaking um, to something in an anatomy kind of context, really understanding and looking and observing mm -hmm. of what, what's needed. Right, what's happening. Your right students here. need, yeah. Now, I mean, maybe from your own experience or even just globally, do you have any sense, I mean, we talked a little bit about how you graduate and then you're kind of out there. Like yeah. what kinds of supports do you feel like teachers could benefit from to continue to grow professionally? Yeah, I think on a professional basis is um, reach out to your network. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so you have a network right away when you graduate, you've, you've done your teacher training somewhere, whether it's at a studio, I, I, 
I believe there's online trainings that are available to students. So there are networks of people and stay in touch and look to teachers um, who have experience as well and pick their brains and learn from them. Um, I remember your book was, was just really, really helpful for me personally and not, you know, <laughs> don't want to say I'm like, um, it just, I still have it and I refer back to it a lot. And I think especially students who are wanting to take this in a business kind of direction, um, it really gives a lot more depth than maybe what is kind of presented sometimes um, in the business context, especially. Yeah. Um, And I think, you know, when you're starting out, if you want to stay in the studio kind of space, or if you want to take it out into private or corporate events or what have you, mm-hmm. um, networking, networking, networking. I mean, right. I, I'm sure I sound like the corporate Sally, yeah. but you know, <laughs> it works in yoga too. I mean, that is yeah. such a huge part of how teachers find anything, whether it's a new class on their schedule mm-hmm. or a workshop opportunity. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, just having conversations with, you know, even friends who might want something or family members who know of something. So getting out there and, you know, not being afraid to just have some conversations and knowing that um, if it doesn't necessarily fall onto your plate right away, that's okay. And that doesn't mean that you're a bad teacher. You are never going to get, you know, a teaching gig, whatever that gig might look like for you. Um, you just maybe have to go out and do a little digging. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so where do you kind of see your teaching going? I mean, either on the business side or are there some things that you kind of envision for your future? I do, I do. Um, and I I think the space and what I found to be really um, something that really resonates me is it is in this space that I kind of currently work in, this professional kind of corporate space. Um, And my long-term goals is to continue doing what I'm doing, yet also bring in this element um, to either my coworkers or um, others, you know, others in, you know, professional contexts. So um, what I've done already is I've created kind of like a little 10 minute, 15 minute, like yoga for the office that won't weird out your coworkers. And then I've been bringing that to, you know, maybe all day meetings. Okay, well, let's have a little stretch. Or um, I've led um, classes for um, corporate conferences. So if they're having a one or two day conference or something like that, I've kind of networked myself into that saying, I will lead a class for your working professionals maybe who have never taken a yoga class in their life. And again, bringing that new, just giving them a little taste, a little maybe right. appetizer of what this could be. Right. Um, and I've done some writing for our newsletters in the company, you know, just little, little tips, maybe a list of, you know, or five little things that you can do during the day to kind of bring yourself back right. down to earth. Right. Um, so so definitely staying in this. Integrate your yoga. Yes. Life work life. Exactly. Exactly. And I know, I just personally, I know it's so needed. Yeah. So um, that's really what my long-term goal is as far as bringing yoga out and kind of my yoga, I guess, quote unquote business. Yeah. Um, And I tried, I I tried early on to kind of do that, um, you know, dedicate a lot of time to my website or a social media presence. And I just found that didn't work for me right right now. And that's okay. And I realized I can, 
just kind of find that niche market and then go for that. Yeah. And that's another thing I would definitely say to newer teachers or any teachers, just find what works for you. Do you, you know, (laughs) there is no right way or, you know, any one way to be as a teacher. Right. Right. I think that's what's so interesting from a business perspective is you really can create your own opportunity. Definitely. Just takes kind of a stick-to-itiveness. Yeah. you know, the rest is really up to you to kind of see what can happen. Right. And understanding that it's going to ebb and flow too. That right. it, you know, maybe you kind of take some time and you're really charging and you're lining up a lot of things. And then there's a, there's slow periods, whether it's by choice or just um, circumstantial and being okay with that too. Right. Right. Well, I love this because you've really, I think, given for any of the folks who are listening who maybe are in teacher training right now and starting to maybe get a little concerned about what's going to happen after, I think, you know, your story covers so many things that are real life scenarios. You know, that scenario where you graduate from teacher training and maybe your initial plan was to dive right into teaching right away, but then all of a sudden life happens and you get job change and you're like, okay, put that on hold. And you know, then you're in this corporate job and you're juggling that and teaching, but then you're like, let me find a way to integrate those two. They don't have to be separate. Right. So then you become kind of the on-site resource at your job job. Mm around mindfulness, meditation, yoga, healthy movement, which as you say, who better to share that information to than the people you actually work with who may may not make time to go to class. Mm -hmm. So I really love how you've kind of, you know, taken what you love and just kind of created this unique, like blend of everything. And it sounds like you really love your job too. So why not? Right. Yeah. You can have, you can do, you can do both. You know, you don't have to, um, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Especially when one is feeding the other, right? You're kind of, so I think that's even the best of both worlds. That's fantastic. Um, So we'll kind of just do one more little piece. So if there's one kind of, you know, really thing that kind of wraps it up for you in terms of maybe a a nugget of wisdom around teaching, what do you think that would be for, for folks listening? I think for teachers, you know, whether you're new, whether you've been out there for a while is just be okay and be patient, be compassionate with your compassionate with yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know I need to hear this just as much as the next person. I need constant reminders of it. Um, but in this space, it, it, it should be something that is driven with love and driven with good intent. And whatever that means for you, whatever that looks like, it's okay. You know, however you choose to kind of um, present yourself or however your teaching persona manifests, it's just fine. Right. Um, and I think that that's taken me a while to be okay with and know, and I'm sure I'm not alone. So yeah. whatever you're doing out there is just right. Yeah. <laughs> you're okay. Yeah. Enjoy and I, it. Kind of, I kind of feel energetically that you are kind of talking to yourself right here, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I, and I think that that it shines through in such a, such a, um, empowering way that you're able to kind of say that from your own heart, from your own experience to other people. And I think that does when you were saying before, like authentic, but really authentic, <laughs> you know, I think that, right, right. And I think that that really shines through. So thank you for your honesty and 
yeah, your, your willingness to share that, to share that. So tell people, I know you're on Instagram. What's your Instagram handle? So my Instagram is Megan. It's M E A G A N D as in dog 66. Great. And um, my email is the same Megan D 66 at gmail.com. Okay, great. And I'll, I'll include your Instagram handle in the show notes so that if people want to get in touch with you, that's great. Yeah. Happy to answer any questions or chat about anything. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with me. Thank you. It yeah. was a pleasure. I'm so yeah. honored to be on oh, your podcast. It's yeah. so exciting. Yeah, and I'm honored to have you. And it was so nice. That, like, it's really kind of, kind of unbelievable that to have an in-depth conversation, we have to do it via the internet. I know. <laughs> I know. Four years later, now we have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm glad that it we had this together. I really appreciate it. And I know the folks listening will really appreciate it too. So. so thank so. you. Thank you. I know you're thank going on a trip you. tomorrow. So have a I wonderful Thank you. Happy trip. new year. Happy holidays. Yeah. Yes. And I will send you the link to the podcast. So while you are away, we can listen to it. Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, have a wonderful so much, Happy holidays. And I'll talk thank to you, you soon. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye.